Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello you lovely lot and welcome to Football Manager Therapy. I'm Matt Richards and in this retro episode, we're rolling with Terebo West. We're strolling with Terebo West. We're bouncing with Terebo West. We're going straight to the free transfers. We're going straight to the free transfers. Wow, wow, West. Terebo West. Defender. Ball winner. No, you don't want nada. None of this. Brother running this. Milan soldier. Look, it's like I told you. Any striker that's in distress better be without that ball when they meet Terebo West. Joining me as always is the big will, woohoo, ha <laughs> to my Drew Hill, it's Tony Jason. Wiki, wiki, wild, that is amazing. Um, like, I don't know, I don't know what I was expecting, a part of me was expecting maybe, um, maybe Go West by the Pet Shop Boys would have been, that would have been mm. easy though, that would have been far too easy I'm guessing. Uh, so I appreciated going all the way out. Uh, and going going wild wild west. Um, what I've done though mm. all week is, yep. and this will only really sort of resonate with parents, is there's a TV show on the iPlayer called Tinpo, and it's mental. It's like Japanese animated bears, maybe. Uh, okay. they, they work in a construction place as well, so obviously. Uh, but you know it's it is what it is, and it's like full like Japanese like sort of intro, uh, and the thing just goes tempo. So all week I've been walking around the house just shouting Teribo, uh because we knew this was coming. So um, essentially, what I'm trying to say is, I'm glad you do the intros because mine would be rubbish. Well, I mean that sounds very very eccentric and crazy. Um, much like the subject of our podcast this week, um, Teribo West, a, shall we say, a somewhat mythical figure within the world of both Championship Manager and real life. Um, to pull the curtain back a little bit on on this episode, this is the second time we're recording it, because I will admit, in the first episode, we essentially found a lot of stories during the episode and lost our mind um also tony might have infuriated the italian mafia so uh this is a disclaimer (laughs) for the rest of the episode tony is banned from implying that anyone might be or might not be in the italian mafia um but i promise you there's still going to be crazy stories um but nonetheless let's we we ended up we ended up down several rabbit holes um when we started recording it and and it was fun um, but it was it was very much a as you say we'd almost f- like we'd forgotten about the whole fact that mm. he was in football manager championship manager and we talked a lot about like we didn't even mention the fact that he became a pastor we just no. like, literally just skipped across that um, so that gives you a bit of an idea as as to where we where we went with it but um, is it I'm going to go off early doors on this one like oh here we go <laughs> no 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 no. I'm going to say, like, the Mark Kerr episode, obviously our first retro episode, and I think Mark Kerr resonates with, um, I would say, probably 75 to 80% of football manager 
Championship Manager players, I think. If you've played Championship yeah. Manager, you'll 100% be on Mark Kerr. If you've yeah. only played Football Manager, chances are you probably aren't on the Mark Kerr uh, Goat Express. Yeah? Mm-hmm. But Teribo West, I would suggest, is probably further up the up the, the numbers here. I'd say you could go into most workplaces, uh, shopping centres, uh, if they were available, if they were open, of course, um, schools, and you could say Teribo West. And I wager most people would be on board with Teribo West. I think he's more famous than... He's probably one of the most famous football manager, championship manager exports. I I would go along with him being more famous... Or maybe more, more good, <laughs> or more accurately infamous than Mark Kerr. But I yeah. was actually thinking about this before we get into his career. I was, I was kind of thinking. I was like, I can never actually remember watching Teribo West play football. <laughs> but, but, yeah, and right. this isn't. This is nothing to do with like my age because, again, you know, peak of his career was between ninety five to ninety eight, and I watched. Uh, Football Italia religiously every Saturday and Sunday so I would have seen him play for one of the Milan sides Uh, he played in the World Cup 1998 which was the first significant World Cup in my life Um, I supported Plymouth Argyle Um, admittedly I wasn't living in the area at that time Uh, you know but he he has played for enough teams that you would have thought that there would be one significant Teribo West moment but I he played in the Premier League at Derby. He did, but this is it. But like, this is what kind of adds to his his mythical uh, aura. He's almost the the sort of unicorn of uh, football, often spoke about and rarely seen. Yeah, I think you're probably right. To be honest, I, I, I'm trying to to go back through, and you're right. It's just I can see. I, I can see still images of him, but maybe that's because we, we've been Googling him this week to, yeah, to yeah. do a bit of research. Like, if you say Teribo West, of course, everyone instantly goes, right, he's got the plaits in his hair pulled up and they're the colours of whatever kit that he plays in. And you go, mm. yeah, of course, brilliant. That's what he did. That was his thing. Do you remember Nobody... when there was like, the, those like minor conspiracy theories that uh, Arsenal weren't signing real footballers and they were just creations on Tumblr? Obviously, Hector Bellerin being like the king of that. Yeah. Like, does Teribo West actually exist, or has he been created somewhere on the internet and isn't real? Because again, like you know, obviously, you know, there's, there's, we'll, we'll talk about his international career as well as, as the episode goes on, and you know, players like JJ Kocha, obviously, we both remember very well because he had a, a his, his his stint. With uh, Sam Allardyce's great Bolton side, um, definitely real. Just, definitely real. I've seen. We've seen definitely JJ real, play. We've seen. I've seen Yuri Jorkaev play in real life, but for I Bolton. can't remember. <laughs> yeah, for Bolton, but, but I can't but again, remember. That, but again, you've seen Yuri Jorkaev, World Cup winner, play for Bolton. Yeah, but we can't remember seeing Teribo West play for anybody. Like into a, a a European Cup winning Inter Milan side that featured players like the original Ronaldo, it's like it's bizarre, isn't it? But yeah. like, is it is it possible? Therefore, right? And like, we had the Wild Wild West theme tune at the start. 
Is it possible that is it possible that we needed the Men in Black theme tune? Because as everyone's memory's been like erased, like because like you're right, I I don't remember seeing Teresa West play, and I'm again same ballpark. Mm. I'd have been watching football like every single minute I was awake uh, around those times. The uh, the international tournaments, of course, are been bang on that as well. Uh, the Olympics, we'll get onto the Olympics yeah. later on. He he won a gold yeah. medal at the Olympics. Yeah. Maybe 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 he is like. Uh, Wild Wild West in the fact that his uh, soundtrack is actually better than the real movie. Um, and <laughs> I'm, talking I'm start, of a real I'm movie... To think, I'm starting to think, just before we go to this next bit, I'm starting to think that he's possibly one of the baddies in Scooby-Doo. And like he just, he played and had someone else's mask on all the way through and you just, you never worked it out. Um, I'm 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 incredibly angry that you tanked my brilliant segue that I was going to do that. Uh, Sorry, do mate, that. it wasn't even worth it either. Sorry, no, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we'll you know we're professionals here. We'll push on. Uh, we're only nine episodes in, and we're already uh, <laughs> we're already criticizing each other. Brilliant. All right, let's have a look at the real life movie that was Tariba West's career. See, it was good. Um, obviously, he started out in the youth academies of nigeria but he first came to prominence tony in a um league earn side uh, i don't believe it was called that at the time i believe it was just called the french premier division uh he made a name for himself in the early 90s Auxerre team now he bagged himself a league title maybe somewhat surprisingly 95 96 season and a coupe de france uh trophy as well obviously under the tutelage of a man uh, by the name of Guy Rue, who was Auxerre manager for 44 years, <laughs> barring, like, genuinely think it was a couple of months. So... I mean, you just don't get time as a manager these days, do you? <laughs> no, you don't. So, yeah, he 44 years as a manager. I, I remember when I was uh, blogging back in the day, when I was doing my, my French football blogging, uh, Rue was this character that everyone sort of talk spoke about in, in again mythical terms uh but Auxerre you know had an incredible academy uh, excuse me an incredible academy at the time uh produced players such as Eric Cantona mm-hmm. and World Cup winner Laurent Blanc so for Rue to identify Tariba West as a talent and then bring him through and have him as a as an important part of that Auxerre side I, I I've the figures that I've got in front of me, Tony, say that he played for Auxerre more than any other team in his career. So he wasn't a bit part player by any stretch of the imagination. No, um, I mean, o- I'm not brilliant at maths, but he almost played for Auxerre more than every other team combined. Yes, it's close. <laughs> it's genuinely close. And, and maybe that's maybe that is truly the tale of... Of his career, uh, that it did start but, to go wrong. You're right. I mean that, like that Auxerre side has some, had some some brilliant players in there, and and you're right. You don't just you don't just hang around in that side, and it wasn't a side that was known for just carrying passengers. Um, yeah, and even if it. Unf- unf- and even if it was, unfortunately, Tony, uh, I, I I did just double check. Um, unfortunately, Tariba West and Eric Cantona did not share a pitch together. Uh, Cantona left five years before West arrived. Unfortunately, yeah, but was he replaced? Was he replaced with Stefan Givarch? Possibly, uh, possibly the best player that season. Yes, uh, which is a reference yeah. to Tony absolutely 
talking smack about St- Stefan Givac uh, on on the other record, I'd... and then me pointing out that he was top goal scorer in the French top division that year. So I was I was I was acknowledging the Orgs Air production line, you know, and st- mm. I, I said Stefan Givac would have been a player at the time. So you've got your guys there. So so Teribo's doing his thing. Stefan Givac is doing his thing, and mm. as I say. That team's not built to carry passengers. And if it was, he still wouldn't get a transfer to Inter Milan. Like, no. straight off the back of it. Like, I mean, Auxerre won the title uh, by four points. Um, oh, I stand corrected, sorry. Top goal scorer, and I should have known this as a Leon fan, was Sonny Anderson with 21 goals. Woof. Uh, yes, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, surprisingly during that era, came second, Monaco in third, Metz, Lend. Uh, Montpellier are all up in the top six. Leon, solid, solid 11th out of 20th there, uh, just before they got good. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, and you know, this is, uh, this is the era of just before the big Marseille side that would go on to win a European championship as well. And, you know, Zidane was still playing in the league at that time. So this certainly was not a farmer's league, as some would have you believe. And even the transfer to Inter as well. It's not like you go into Inter when Italian football was in the mire. You Mm -hmm. go into Inter, as we said it on, you go into Inter with R9 Ronaldo. Yes, Roberto Carlos? Yes. Turibo West. Like <laughs> Beautiful. What a bunch of makes, what a bunch of Mavericks. Makes complete sense, really. I mean the rest of the team, you know, picks itself when you've got those uh you've got that trio. Um but yeah, it's not like as I say, you're not just strolling into Inter when they're languishing in mid table, they've had like um a really bad time of it. Italian football, there's no stars. I mean the nineties was Italian football was just littered with with stars. It was the best league in the world. So interestingly, and maybe actually, this is bold claim to say it's probably the most fascinating story around Reba West because Tony's bringing the fire later on for that. I've got several, um, it, and three of them are not going to get us sued. Yes. <laughs> um, it, I, okay, I'll make the point of interestingly, the year before he would go to Inter Milan, he would rub shoulders with future teammates in the 1996 Olympic Games uh, held by the US of A. Um, I, oh, I bet they were. I bet they were the best Olympics. Because America does the Olympics better than anybody, if you ask Americans. I met, I I would probably go out on a limb and say the United States side probably uh, had the best kit because it was that era of of the USA having amazing batshit crazy, you know, stars and stripes was kits. One, I was going to say, was it the uh, was it the one with the, with the big stars down the uh, down the front of it? Because that was that was incredible. That yeah. And talking of incredible, the story of Nigeria. In the Olympic Games in 1996 is is one that is absolutely fascinating. So I'm I'm going to go into it a little bit, but not too much because uh, in my research I stumbled across an excellent article on these football times by Christopher Weir uh, that deserves your time in terms of uh, giving it a proper thorough read. Uh, but what we will touch on is that this team were not only not favourites, but they were sort of coming into this tournament with uh, with 
it's sort of in the backdrop of of a corrupt uh, government that was a dictatorship. So there was a lot of civil unrest within the country. There was a lot of civil <laughs> unrest within the FA and the Nigerian FA. There was no funding for anything in terms of the players. Players would have to pay for taxis on their own. Uh, basically, the management team had to be um the sort of like clean the kits you know be ball boys do absolutely everything during this tournament so it, it wasn't like this nigerian side that was full of stars in the future weren't coming into this tournament as favorites obviously within this team uh you had jj akotcha as we previously mentioned and uh kanu who would play for for arsenal who would end up scoring big goals within this tournament they would win a gold medal uh, in the final by beating an Argentina side 3-2 in spectacular fashion. Um, this is after beating Brazil in the semi-finals via, and this is when you know it's a retro episode, via a Kanu golden goal. Oh, oh yes. And you're right. I mean, like, this is just it, right? This is not a side full of... Stars, stars at the top of their game. You had your Terrible West, as we say. You had Carnu. Celestine Babiaro was like a really, really young player mm-hmm. who just sort of. He was like he was seventeen. Yeah, Carnu uh, was just. I think during this twenty or twenty-one or something. Yeah, during this tournament, I think he was actually in the middle of transferring to Arsenal. I think he was pushing the deal through. I believe would JJ Kotcha be at PSG? I imagine at the time. Probably. I think Daniel Amakachi. Yeah, one of the big ones, Sunday Alise, yeah, um, Gabba Lawal, uh, Wilson Aruma. I mean, that's pretty much your your top tier talent, you know. Like um, every other names there, you may have heard like uh, Babaginda is in there, Uche, and but you know Emmanuel Amanike. You're talking like these aren't like your quote unquote household names, and um, they they beat uh, an Argentina side, which I mean. It's the Olympics, right? We know that mm. everybody in the world, bar the UK, takes the Olympics seriously. So Nigeria have brought themselves and they're, you know, they're all washing their kits and they're, you know, doing everything and driving the bus or whatever they've got to do to get there. They're doing everything because they've overcome adversity. This Argentina squad consisted of Roberto Ayala, Javier Zanetti, Matias Almeida, Diego Simeone, Hernan Crespo, Ariel Ortega, Pablo Paz, Gustavo Lopez, Marcelo Delgado, Newcastle's Christian Basadas, Jose Chamot. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's 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 certainly not. This is the team that you shouldn't like. Argentina were expected to win this like twenty six nil or something. Yeah, uh, going at the game. Um, interestingly enough, as you say, the the bronze medalists, Brazil. I mean, we know what they're like. We're their bloody under twenty three squad, right? Bunch of no hopers that turned up for Brazil. These lot went back with a bronze medal. They all got booed when they turned up. What a what a ridiculous waste of time squad they've got here. Um, see if you recognise any of these no-hopers. Uh, I'll go through the full thing. Dida, Zemaria, Aldair, Ronaldo Guaro, Flavio Conchasau, 
Roberto Carlos, Bebeto, Amaral, Proper Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Savio, Danalai, Narcisco, Andre Luiz, Zealias, Marcelino, Luizão, and Janinho. Just a few, just a few <laughs> ballers on that team. Then, yeah, it's crazy. Just and like, a couple. Yeah. You know, this is this is an, a Nigerian team that, for the first time, only two years earlier in '94, qualified for the first ever World Cup. They would obviously go to uh, World Cup 1998 with you know uh, the sort of the Super Eagle Super side Eagles, that would yeah. become you know the golden generation. And you know, Tariba West was at the core of that national side. Unfortunately, you know, he, after his transfer to Inter Milan, he would win a uh, UEFA Cup. Uh, but then his career would become that of, should we say a journeyman, I guess, but more of a, a more of an oddity than, than maybe yeah. just a journeyman. Like, it seemed very much like, and again, this is going to sound strange, but when you look at his career, if you pull it up, even if you like, you pull it up on Wikipedia, mm. look at the amount of, of appearances he's had for for these teams. It looks like he sacked his agent and he's tried to work it out himself. Well, so it, within a seven-year period, he played for AC Milan, Derby County, Kaiserslautern, Partizan Belgrade, <laughs> uh, Al Arib, <laughs> Plymouth Argyle, and Paykan. Uh, I say he played for Paycan. He was technically on the books of Paycan and played zero games. He played four games for Milan. He played 18 games for Derby County, 10 games for Kaiserslautern, uh, 16 for Partizan. There is nothing for his time at El Harib. So Because he, he doesn't exist. He was a figment then, of their imagination as well. And, and very notably only played four times uh, with Plymouth Argyle. Mainly due to um, a change in management, but also spending three weeks in uh, Milan trying to sort out uh, a passport issue. So it, I mean, it was look, it was a crazy sort of career. Let's not beat around the bush, right? We suggested it on the original record, and I still think that the theory holds up. Is the Terebo West to Plymouth Argyle was similar to the Mark Kerr going to Greece sort of a holiday that got out of hand, essentially. So he was over here, hanging about for a little bit, got off at a trial and went, ah, I can play, I'm, I'm Trebo West, whatever. Um, played a couple of games. You see, he then went back to it to Italy to try and sort his passport out. That's the reason he played four games, because his holiday was over and he couldn't come back um, and get another hotel. Yeah. And everyone loves a B and B in uh, in the southwest southwest I mean, of England, you know. You know what though? It'd be it'd be quite lovely, I reckon. I think I think Terebo West would would do quite nicely on the south coast. Yeah. You know, go around bit of clotted cream, doing a bit of surfing. Mm. Oh, what a, what? He probably looked at the rest of, of playing for Plymouth Argyle and thought, I mean, it's a lovely idea. And don't get me wrong, the green kit again makes complete sense because he's already got the the green for the hair. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe he just fell in love with pasties and yeah. thought, oh, I can't stay here. Or maybe like, if I, maybe he fell in love with Plymouth Argyle legend, Mickey Evans. You're welcome to the three people that will get that reference. Just keep it in your head, though, <laughs> that Mickey Evans and Terebo West technically played in the same team. That Just visualise that. That is incredible. Um, could you imagine, and I know obviously the dates don't match, but could you imagine mm. Ian Holloway turning up and... Terebo West is in the dressing room. Holloway just becomes the new manager, walks in, and 
Cerebral West and Ian Holloway. Just, it's a sitcom. It's, it's a sitcom. Oh, it's just the best. <laughs> even 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 Plymouth Argyle legend uh, Neil Warnock <laughs> that got them promoted via the playoffs in the third uh, from the third division to the second. I was there. Um, Warnock and Tariba West or Warnock oh, and West sounds more that's... like a, a buddy cop detective show <laughs> oh my god that's that's better that's better let's let's make that happen we need, we need a we need to photoshop this because this is the greatest thing I've ever thought actually no like this is up there with what we'll talk about later on well Tony um, it's not the first time Tariba West would have appeared on TV, though, is it? No. Because he is already a local legend within the TV circuit in Nigeria. <laughs> I, I'm led to believe, right? Yeah. So when we when we looked into Taribo's uh, colourful past, shall we say, um, th- there was a lot of talk um, surrounding this this move to Partizan Belgrade. Obviously, he left there and uh, then finished his footballing career after the Plymouth uh, sort of. Um, career that he had, he went on to become something of a TV star. Now, obviously, because he's the most famous man in Nigeria, why would you not want to put him on the telly? Makes complete sense. He actually did, and, and I'm going to read this out, he he launched the Future Stars football talent hunt with Taribo West. Yeah, Sky One with Jamie Redknapp, Chelsea documentary searching for football talent Football idol or something, yeah. Stick it, stick it up your ass. Yeah. Exactly, and the, the the intention of this was to take football to the next level in Nigeria, and I'm guessing nobody's heard of this. Yeah, <laughs> so- well, I mean, that's a bold claim considering the teams that he had played okay. with. Okay, you know? sorry, right, right, let me rephrase this. Go I reckon no one who listens to this podcast has heard of this. Yes, well, right. no. no. But, but, as as we discussed on the on the the beta version of the uh, of the episode, the internet's a big place, isn't it? It is. Surely, like loyal listeners, we ask very little of you, very very little. Right? We appreciate everything you do in terms of supporting this podcast. We will ask one thing and one thing only: please, 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 help us find some video footage of future stars' football talent hunt with Taribo West. Yeah, um, because it's clearly as good as we all have in our heads. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can do it, if we can find the footage, I reckon it wouldn't take too much for us to crowdfund to get it made again. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. Um, we should definitely look into that, and we should have a, like a watch along if we could find it. Um, oh, could you imagine a watch along? Like, because like the British one, as you say, the British one was, was Jamie Redknapp. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to find players for Chelsea, or or the only other option was it Michael Owen's soccer school? I suppose is, and we don't want the Michael Owen's soccer school to be a thing that people can go on the internet and find when <laughs> future stars with Taribo West isn't yeah. readily available. Well, obviously, uh, that is uh, an unknown pastime uh, and venture um, post career. Um, but it's not the only thing that he's been getting up to. Um, he is now, I believe, still a pastor. Uh, he is a devout Christian, uh, and he does he does good work. He set up ministries for you know helping homeless people within Nigeria, and that's that's a great cause. But 
uh, there's an interesting sto- story, Tony, um, that might have led him on the path um, to the cloth, I believe, right? Yeah, so so this story is apparently dated at around 2014. Um, the ministry that he's founded uh, is called the Shelter in the Storm Miracle Ministries of All Nations. So it's not Cracking a catchy name. title. Oh, but it's great um, though, isn't it? It's great. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, if you're going to have a ministry, then you need to call it, like, something like that. You don't just call it, like, oh, Teribo's ministry. But but you know what? He could he could well call it that, and people would mm-hmm. turn up. Um, so it says here, and this is on goal.com, where I've got it from, uh, there's a claim, it says, and it then says, albeit an unsubstantiated one with no direct sources. So... <laughs> So already, I'm in, right? I'm like, this is the kind of nonsense I like, okay? So there is a claim, albeit an unsubstantiated one, with no direct sources, that whilst playing in Italy, he hosted a Bible class in his house and saw his Yugoslavian lover turn into a snake. The article then goes on to say, it was at that moment, the story goes, that he decided to give his life to Jesus. Because uh, why wouldn't you at that yes. point? Yes. Uh, I, again, like I, that's like the third time I've heard that story. And the bit that always gets me in it is his Yugoslavian lover. That country doesn't even exist anymore. Um, <laughs> and, you know, she turned into a snake or they turned into a snake. Uh, I mean, it's just something, isn't it? Here's a fun task for everyone this week. Um, let us know the most outlandish Tariba West story you have ever heard. Uh, if you can link us to a source, brilliant. If you can't, we'll just take it on face value because that's how the internet works, isn't it? That's why Reddit's a thing. Let's just upvote it because then it'll be real. Um, let us know what your um, favourite outlandish Tariba West story is. But do you know what my favourite Tariba West story is, Tony? What's that, mate? It's the one that I wrote in the game of Championship Manager 2001 slash 2002. It's just like, we we give you this for free, listeners. We give you this all for free. (laughs) Just like like you could get Teribo West on Football Manager, you wouldn't have to pay a single penny for him either. Hey, see? It's catching on, isn't it? You know? Look, you're getting there. I'm proud of you. This is good. Um... (laughs) Yes, of course, the greatest free transfer in any football manager simulation of all time. I, I, I think that's a bold claim, but a, uh, but a fair claim. Um, oh, 100%. I he, don't think... So, so obviously, like now, we're, you know, FM20, you know, let's, 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 go, let's go back to the future. Uh, retro. Um, <laughs> you know, FM20, there's a couple of players everyone picks up um, before the update. Everyone was buying Haaland. Now Never heard of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now everyone's buying Thiago Almeida, uh, Sergio Rajulian, uh, who's just gone to uh, Tottenham in real life. I was like, yeah. did he go to United or Spurs? I was like, Spurs. Uh, you can pick him up second Tenali. season. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, Tonali's not bad, but you can pick you know Sergio up and, and a free transfer and stuff like that. These are all mighty fine footballers, um, but they are not legends, Tony. They are not legends. Of course, they're not legends. They've but young whippersnappers, I mean, this is this is a guy as well. You've got to consider that when you did pick him up on a free transfer, he, mm-hmm. he was kind of, he wasn't past it. He was he was actually in his prime. Yeah. So and, I, and, and Tony, I can hear you uh, telepathically asking me, 
But how good was he on championship? I don't know what is up with me today. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, th- I think you've had a, in... I think you've had a coffee too late in the day. I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did have a brew before before we went live. But um, no, I, I'm interested actually to, to see to think about your stats because I know we spoke about this before, and there's a couple of things that mm-hmm. I want to bring up about this that that I certainly thought that when you, as soon as you told me this, I was just like, really? That doesn't seem right. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, let's let's go through the stats and then I'll tell you the bits that I found found strange when you first mentioned it to me. So you are picking up a 27-year-old Tariba West with 25 caps to his name. Uh, right, I'm going to start with the, the, the negatives uh, first. So he has got a free on reflex and a one in handling, so you can't play him in goal. Uh, I reckon he could still do a job. Uh, set pieces on a four and a technique on a seven, which I think is a little bit harsh, but we'll mm. allow it. And he has an agility of nine, which again, you know, he's not someone that was known for his physical prowess. Now, now that those harsh, harsh, harsh ratings are out of the way, nothing else on his attribute spread is below 11. It's, this is why he's a legend, isn't it? Including finishing, by the way. So you can stick him up front, and I reckon he's because he's he's not bad, right? Let, let's look at the big hitters. Okay, acceleration fifteen. I'd argue that's generous. I would argue that's <laughs> generous because I don't remember him. Like I know we say we don't remember him playing, but I I've got in my head in my head I've I imagine him like like Paul McGrath. Yes, like no pace, but just in the right place at the right time, and that kind of fits in with like him doing well in italy right because yeah you know, it's all about positioning and you know uh 100 100 okay so, so so pace i'm not i'm not having acceleration at 15 okay. nah not try this that. on for size aggression 20 yes i'm having that 100 <laughs> balance 18 fair enough uh obviously bravery 20 fair determine determination mm-hmm. 19 yeah, I mean, probably 20, really, but it would look t- it would look like someone had tweaked the database if he'd gone another 20. 19's fine. Okay. Dribble in 13, for some reason. Uh, we mentioned it before, his head in's 15, his influence is 14, his jumping is 17. Gets up there. Um, his marking 17, his pace is 16. I think that's too high. Yeah, Because yeah, they've, they've got his pace is 16, and then his positioning at 14. Again, I I would have those the other way around. I think I yeah. think his positioning would be better than his his pace. I, I just don't imagine him being quick. No, and they they kind of stick with uh, physical attributes being quite high. They've got stamina and nineteen, strength of twenty. Yeah, fair enough. Um, mm-hmm. But they've got work rate of eighteen. His tackling and teamwork are sixteen and fifteen, respectively. Uh, he, I mean that is. That is a spread of attributes. And again, like, you know, we've got to keep in mind that he is within the peak age range, uh, which is usually between 24 and 29 for a player. Um, so you are, you would be expecting um, a certain level of quality. But for, for He's got no some beast money, stats in there. Like, like that's, that you know, is and, and the thing as well is he's got the key stats, which we discussed the other day when we were chatting uh, old, old school stuff was the stats that make players like Taribo, players like Mark Kerr fall into this legend status is they've got the, the stats of 
high teamwork, high determination, high aggression. Like they're just they're they're workhorses, and the way that the game was built in oh, those yeah. days, like obviously now, it's all like very much individual roles and individual instructions, and you almost need to piece a puzzle together like you do in real life. Back in the day, it was a case of you could literally overpower teams by just having players who could work hard. Um, and that really helped. And that, of course, drove your development attributes uh, much quicker than you do now where you have your mental your mental sort of uh, abilities and your physical abilities. It obviously didn't break them down as much back then. So if you just had determination, you had influence, you had teamwork, then... You know, you were onto a winner, really, and that's where these guys would always pop up. Mm. They'd get your your ratings, you know, your sevens, seven point twos, like average. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm mm. gonna put you on the spot a little bit here, Tony, because I got I yeah. got a couple of questions for you, um, in relation to this. So first of all, because it just came into my head then, and I started visualizing it like like it was the good old days again, um, <laughs> on a. Dell computer, the, the, the computer. It's on the, the computer. The, De- no. the Dell family computer uh, with with my, yeah with its wonky spacebar. Um, right, spine of your team. So obviously Mark Kerr's in there, and obviously Terevo West in there. So I want I want a another centre back to partner with Terevo West. I want a goalkeeper, hmm. and ideally I want one centre forward. Um, that is a bruiser from from any 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 era. Let's keep it retro. Let's let's try and keep okay. it retro. If you can't if you can't can't keep it retro, that's fine. I respect um, that. That's okay. I tell you, there's a player who probably not a bruiser, but definitely fits within this this determination, teamwork, um, sort of framework that I'm building. I'm going to go Billy Jones of Crew. Genuine, I genuinely thought you were going to say Billy Joel then, uh, and I was like, "Absolutely, I'd have Billy Joel as well." Because you know why, Tony? When the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Yeah, and also you wouldn't be expecting uh, for a team to turn up with Billy Joel, so it would be the element yeah. of surprise that first game he plays, everybody going, "They've got Billy Joel." Like, is he? Is he really a left back? You know, so yeah, the element of surprise. Uh, no, Billy Jones, former crew player, could play anywhere across the defence uh, and some midfield positions as well. I believe I he was a always a go to for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he he would be in my if I had to make a Hall of Fame. I'm putting my my vote for him at some point. He makes he doesn't make the first round. He's not Mark Curry. He's not Teribo West. Who are your round one Hall of Famers? Um, yep. Billy Joel makes it in at some point, though. He's 100% football manager royalty for me. Uh, yeah. So him and Taribo in defence. I would say Mark Kerr in the middle with... Um, oh, I I liked Axel Witzel. Okay, all right. I had, a yeah, couple, yeah. I had Axel Witzel on a couple of really good saves, and, and he was strong... Um, Really, really good, really good in there. So maybe I'll put him because I don't want to put like you, I, I know we're talking retro possibly as well, but I wouldn't really put I don't want to put your Calstrums yeah. in there because 
although he's brilliant, he's he's more of a flair player. He's not your your workhorse. Yeah. Whereas Witzel, imagine imagine a midfield of, of a, a young wonder kid, Axel Witzel and Mark Kerr. Yeah, yeah. Even that. Even now, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'd have that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or if if not Witzel, ever Benega. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I just oh he, oh it's what an it's just a proper range in it, just a proper Argentinian midfielder. Just did everything. This ironically, the Swiss Army knife, or the Argentinian Army knife of a midfield player. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's good. Who would you have? Who uh, would who would be big lump up front? Big lump up front. Um, need it needs to be someone, doesn't it? It needs to be someone who. Oh, it doesn't have to be a lump. It doesn't. Um, no, I was just say because I think I'm trying to sort of wrap my brains, and I don't really think I've ever played with a with a, a big bruiser. Actually, no, I have. I have Jan Kohler. Oh, reference Jan Kohler used to be an absolute monster um, on on one of the versions. So yeah, my vote goes for him. Oh, that is genuinely left of field choice. Uh, oh, t- t- and that's only because he he was he was an absolute like powerhouse for me uh, on one of my saves. Mm. So because of that, he goes in. Uh, yes, he he one hundred percent gets the gets the the bruiser medal. He passes the uh, the, the the check test. Hey, Ooh. Uh, and and I tell you, and I tell you how I put in goal as well. Um, Craig Gordon. <laughs> what? I would I would absolutely fear this team by the way. <laughs> yeah, Craig Gordon because again there was uh, the the turn of the century uh or whatever it was when when he started uh coming into the game. He was blinding. Yeah, absolutely. he was. Bang him in there and just you you don't need another goalkeeper. Wow. Like, perfect. What a team this is turning out to be though. All right, I've got I've got mine because I was I was putting it together. Uh, I've gone a little bit different. I've gone with like, I've I've gone with Serie A and players around about that time that were prominent still in Italian football. So yeah. right, I've have this for a team. <laughs> okay, oh, I've missed the midfielder, but that's 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 okay. Um, in net, I'd have Gianluca Pagliuca because uh, he was just he was a he was a maverick, wasn't he? Like it just he. A pee roller would go towards him and he'd dive on it like oh. it was just like, oh, I loved him. He was great. And do you yeah. know what? Really funnily, my dad hated him. He was like, oh, he's so overdramatic. <laughs> and it just made me love him more because he was just a proper rogue. I've, I've got a lot of love for Paliuka because uh, the story, well, apparently he's a Villa fan as well, which I'm quite impressed with. Um, <laughs> okay. and he, he was a Villa fan after we beat them in the UEFA Cup mm-hmm. on penalties. Uh, and he's now got an Aston Villa tattoo, which I think is a, is outstanding. Do you know what? Um, when you Google it, the, the um, badge on his arm. Uh, that's just such a weird <laughs> story. But, um, he, uh, yeah, when you when you when you Google his name, his nickname comes up as the Wall, uh, which I love. Uh, so par, um, pairing with West in defence, I've gone for. Uh, Palmer era Fabio Cannavaro. Oh, oh! Because he was, he wasn't, he wasn't the biggest. Like this is the thing that's always said about him in hindsight. Because he was only about five ten. Yeah, but, he was. He was very small. Oh, wasn't he? oh, what a player Cannavaro was! Um, it he's also reminds—he's like, he, the Hadrian's Wall to Paluca, isn't he? He's only little. Yeah, 
Yeah, and like he could, you know, be a bit more of a classic sweeper, you know, mop up behind behind West in the defensive line, mm. you know, kind of like in a Franco Baresi esque way. I would have had Franco Baresi, but I think he was managing at the time, so <laughs> he was definitely retired. Um, but yeah, also as well, um, for some reason, um, on Pe- uh, Pro Evolution Soccer Five, um, my old housemate would kept on calling him Colin Cannavaro. So every time like I have to say Cannavaro's name, I have to remember that his real name is not Colin, it is Fabio. So <laughs> weird, isn't it? I, don't, I have no idea why that was a nickname. Um, who would I have in the centre? Oh, with Mark Kerr. Oh, with Mark Kerr. Um, oh, I've got it. In the same, same sort of ballpark as your Axel Witzel, mm-hmm. Stephen DeFore. Burnley oh, legend, Steve Yes, yes. Uh, and then do you know what I'd have up front? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Filippo Inzaghi. Oh, that's magical. Hey, what a team. It's a great team. No, I'll take that. I'll take that all day long. Um, even now, in a five-a-side <laughs> team. <laughs> I, I want to see these two teams go at it. Like, this is, yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I like it. Uh, right, so uh, another little question in game. Um, was was there a time when you remember signing Tariba West in a particular save in 0102 that you were like, oh, that's the daddy of all saves? Um, or, or or much like real life, did you forget you ever bought him and can't really remember him doing anything? <laughs> so I had him, uh, like everyone had him most of the time, to be honest. Um, but I do remember grabbing him for one of my um, Sunderland saves uh, in 2001, probably, because uh, it was kind of the the the, uh, the, epi- the the episode, the version that Teribo was probably uh, floating around on a free transfer uh-huh. in, or at least the most accessible. And um, it was the basis of a, of a good squad, I think. Um, I've just pulled uh, pulled it up again here now, just to to go through it. So I mean, look at these: Thomas Sorensen in goal. Mm-hmm. Bernd Haas, Michael Gray, Claudio Reyna, mm-hmm. um, Gavin McCann, Kevin Phillips, Nal Quinn, um, Julio Arca, Stefan Schwartz, um, Jochen Bjorklund, nice. Jody Craddock, Jason McAteer, uh, and a young David Bellion as well. Is, um, is this the... <laughs> Sorry, it's caught me off with David Bellion then. Is this, <laughs> is this the Sunderland side that Peter Reid was managing? Yeah, 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 and 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 they just used to lump the ball up to Niall Quinn, and then Kevin Phillips would just run and volley from like thirty-five yards. Were, yeah. They were like proper up the top of the league, weren't they? Like well, in this, like this season, winter. this season they were yeah, and then they they ended up near the bottom. Yeah, side. yeah. Um, they didn't go down, but uh, actually, this is the uh, I'd forgotten about this. This is the this is the season that Ipswich got relegated and qualified for the Euro, Euro, UEFA oh, Cup. It's so good! It's so good! That's so Ipswich. Yeah. So so obviously looking at that uh, setup, I thought Teribo would fit in great there. Um, defensively, my options were Stanislav Varga, Emerson, Tom, Jordi Craddock, Darren Williams, and Jochen Bjorklund. And you could make a case that they're all good enough as they are. Um, George McCartney, I think, could play anywhere across the back at the time as well. But a Taribo would just fit nicely in there and would also give me cover at left back in case Michael Gray got injured, although Michael Gray would probably be more of a, a left wing back all, almost. Um, 
Interesting, though, and this is an interesting one that we spoke about on the, the pre-record. Mm. Taribo West, defence, centre, centre and left. Yeah. That's how I remember it, yeah? Yeah. When we went through his stats, he's right-footed. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, this did catch that us off. That threw me off completely. I was like, what? A right-footed left-back? Who is he, Philip Lahm? Yes. Um Clearly. Just confused, confused the the daylights out of me with that one. So yeah, um, he was part of a very successful Sunderland side, and I, I love that save as well because that was yeah, it was a, a great version of the game and and against good players that you could just about do something with. Um, and uh, and yeah, it was very very exciting. Yeah. Um, so I, I remember that save fondly. Um, what about you? I don't. I, I remember we spoke about this previously. Yeah. I don't think this was a Champions League winning side. I think this was just a UEFA Cup winning side. Okay. Because um, as we said, I don't. I've not won the Champions League that many times, but no. this one was a was a good save that I enjoyed. Um, what about yourself? What's your <laughs> Terrible West memory? Well, my my side was certainly not getting close to any uh, <laughs> Champions League or, or any European Cup uh, because kind of. Art imitating life uh, a few years prior. Uh, I actually signed to River West for a Plymouth Argyle side. Um, really? Yeah. It was bizarre. I just I just went. It was the first bit of business I did, and I managed to, to lock him down. And I still don't quite know how I did it. I probably used some cheat, probably, knowing me. Um, but yeah, so I had Paul Wotton, uh, I had Mickey Evans, and I had Tariba West in the same side brilliant um and I, I remember it was pretty good and i think i got cherno samba which obviously cherno samba did play for argyle very briefly in real life as well so i, I just remember that argyle say fondly because um yeah and, it, and it, maybe this sort of like seeps into the never really remembering real life because i'm like double guessing myself of like did i just create this thing that happened or did it actually happen um and it's still be a mystery it's it's nearly as big a mystery in the southwest as the beast of bodmin moor that's right i'm appealing to people that live in Cornwall and devon <laughs> uh because that's the kind of content we provide but yeah i remember it i remember playing for argyle um and i def i definitely would have got him for an italian team because i did like going an italian team on that game but this again is 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 good because like the thing with with him when he was a free transfer, he was he he would work for every single team. Like mm. you could be a bottom of the Premier League or bottom of like Serie A, you get him in. He'd be like one of your best players, most consistent. You could get him in at a at a division below if you could. He'd be your star player clearly, or you could get him for a team that's up there challenging, and he'd be a good player. Like yeah. he would be. One of your first teamers, like he's not, like I don't understand how he was a free transfer, and and I, I don't believe that there wasn't a single team that put in him in in the game. Tariba West could not have improved, um, and that's a bold statement, but I stand by it. I, I stand by that he could have made any team in that incarnation of the game better just by being there. 
Agreed. Uh, certified Hall of Famer, uh, first name on the team sheet and first signing you make. I, I mean, I'm feeling all retro, Tony, because I, I've just got a burning desire now to, to make a 4-4-2 uh, with either a ball-playing defender or a deep-lying playmaker with a target man and a rapid forward up front and just ping balls on his head uh, and I play feel like, like... I feel like I should wear. I feel like I should wear an oversized shirt as well. I just, um, I'm not joking. I'm genuinely thinking I might make this tactic on FM20 now. So <laughs> you know, that'll, that'll keep me busy for the week. Um, I will so, ne- next week, I expect you to tweet out, this is uh, this is Matt's version of Peter Reed's 442. Who'd have thought it? We're in the 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 year of our Lord and Saviour, Taribo West, uh, 2020. And I've been inspired by the greatest manager in the Northeast, Peter Reed. Uh, okay, I will... <laughs> look forward to receiving your hate mail for that comment newcastle fans um if you want to direct hate mail to me you can find me on twitter <laughs> at m richard's host uh, tony where can the lovely people that are listening to our, our dulcet tones find you on the internet uh you can also send your hate mail to matt to me and i can pass it on uh at at tony jameson and of course if you want to go scouting out some youtube Video content where we look at the Scandinavian saves from the proper, quote unquote, proper um, football manager therapy podcast. Then that's Tony Jameson FM. We obviously have the Scandal saves in there and the Always Sunny in Philadelphia Union. So that's where we are. I love it. I love it. Uh, yes, we will be back again for episode nine uh, of the the usual podcast so that will be dropping uh on the the tuesday following when this comes out which i believe will be uh I've, i'm gonna do you know what it's gonna be a saturday release i feel like a weekender uh stick it on before the big games of soccer ball on saturday and, and let us ease you in to preparing to listening to robbie savage or martin fucking keown on bt sports <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, that's if that's not retro i don't know what is uh tony thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this week again for a double bill this week a pleasure as always and obviously next week as you say episode nine we're, we're firing through these now like we're literally mm. a part of your podcast staple so um yeah very much looking forward to it and we will have plenty to talk about as all the major leagues are back up and running. Serie A is back. That's the important oh, one. Oh, yeah, it is. Serie A is back with a Perlo-led Juventus. The Bundesliga has kick-started with a youthful Dortmund side. And the Premier League is rolling along very, very nicely. I am excited for all the football. Uh, in the meantime, take care of yourselves. Keep it retro. And we'll see you next time on Football Manager Therapy. <laughs>